Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast. And now, good morning, amigo. Good morning, sunshine. We're back. I love when she says that. It's our station technical director, Brianna Torres. Isn't that fun to say that? Frank, isn't that fun? Yeah, it is, actually. It's pretty fun to say that because they were our students not that long ago, and now they're actually um, they're the first people outside of Frank or Larry that have an actual adult role on the station. Of course, Rene Ruiz, shout out to Rene Ruiz always because he does have a huge role in this. Shout out to Ryan Cairado who probably wants to strangle me. I have to get him something today. Been a little scatterbrained the last week, man. It's been a week since my daughter graduated, officially. And it really hasn't hit me. I wonder when it is that it's going to hit you. Like, it took me a while to hit. It, well, it took a while for it to hit me that that was it, that they were graduating. I think I, I think it already happened. And because this process longed out, like, I think I did the crying early enough. That ironically, now when there's a lot of crying, I'm a little more stoic than normal. Because if you notice, like, so I did cry last Friday mm-hmm. at the moment of her going across. And I think about it and I get, you know, a little choked up because it's a lot of time that you invest in a human being. Someone that you love, that you nurture, that's a part of you. So every parent in America can relate to that. <clears throat> but I think post that, there's been some emotional roller coaster. She had her moment night before last. Remember I always told you, I think I said it to Stephanie, Steph Perez, not to Margo, Steph Perez, class of 19, another one of our stars. By the way, she has to be able to come to that pig roast. You know that, right? You do realize that she's invited to the pig roast, even though she's not a senior. Who? Steph Perez. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's invited to the pig roast. She's 100%. Right at the pig roast. Another one of my adopted daughters. Um, It's fun to see them. You know what I mean? It's fun to have them come back. It's fun to have them be a part of what we've built here. Um, But I think it's even more fun, right, to uh, continue doing that for years on end. And... I guess my initial point was we we spend a lot of time trying to help them along the way. And I think it's fun that we have an opportunity to continue helping along the way. I mean, I was always going to be there for my daughter. So that, you know, this is almost my, the move with my daughter is almost a convenience to me. Someone I can offset some stuff to. Almost not fair to her. But at the same time, that's what she wants. Like she wants to continue being a part of the station. Uh, it was a perfect role for her because she's always giving me programming ideas and things we should be doing. But to have them be a part of this now, it's pretty fulfilling. It, yeah. it, it, I honestly think we've graduated to another level now with what we're doing. So I think we're gonna we're working on changing the the atmosphere in here. I've always said I'm gonna do it. The only thing I've done is hang up a W. Now Sean Mendez is in the studio with us. Um, Sean, we put on a uh, we put on a slam <clears throat> construction hat on him so he can get to work because uh, there's a lot of stuff to get done around here. I don't expect Sean to just stand around and do nothing, so Sean better get working on that. I did post that on my Instagram. Hopefully, Sean and Camila can come by and visit since they're so South Floridian these days. I would love for them to come by and visit. I've been inviting many, many on-air personalities to come through. Now, obviously, right now, we're still sort of in a position where we can't do it, but, you know, I'm doing it in advance of once we can, excuse me, set something up and have them come through. Even before the kids get here, I want them to see it empty. Because then when they come and see it with kids, they can really tell the difference and understand what's going on here. Of course. Because there's a visual to this when it's empty that, okay, it's cavernous, it's big. It's wow. Like, if it's empty, it's wow. It's, it's almost less wow when the kids are here, except if they're really busy working on something. Um, and I want this place visited when they can get the overall wow, even though it's just nobody in here. So I'm working on doing some of that, trying to get the permissions to let them in the building to visit. Of course, masked up, we're going to socially distance, et cetera, et cetera. going to be a house full of people at all on the contrary. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, 
Going back to the students, though, and adding the, the two students that had just graduated coming back, it changes the culture around here a bit because it's the only program that we have in this school. Um, like every other program, you know, you're in there for the four years, and it's as soon as you're a senior, goodbye. You're forgotten about, like, like thank you for your services, on to the next. But this is the only program that's going to be offered here that students are going to see that once they're done, they're, they're, there's an opportunity for them to stick around and help out and and be a part of it instead of just being like, oh, okay, they don't need me anymore. What's funny is, like, we talk about Jersey. Jersey Torres are one of our graduates this year. Jersey did great work with us here. She's a very funny girl. Don't think she's studying this. She's going to Barry, but she's not going to study this. I saw her at graduation. I flat out told her, if you change your mind, if you get an itch, that studio is yours. So you just got to give me a heads-up warning. I go, the truth is, is, if I give you an internship, you have to be regular to the internship, and I don't want to force you to do something you may not have time to do. You got to get your bearings in your new school, your new environment. You can't take on too much. I go, but you always have a home here. So the, the truth of the matter is, is that's someone who I probably won't get to do this, right? But you know darn well that Jersey's going to flow through here from time to time with the pride of an alum, mm -hmm. with the pride of, hey, look, you know what? I helped build this place. I did some stuff here to help make this what it is. There's going to be. I loved that about the program at the University of Miami as far as the football program was. I always loved how they came back. There's an essence to that, even at big schools that I don't like, like Notre Dame. And I don't want to imply that I don't like Michigan, but <clears throat> I don't like anybody unless the name <laughs> is Miami. I don't really like you much. I can survive FIU a little bit too, obviously. But, you know, beyond Miami and FIU, you know, I'm partial to Oregon and South Carolina because friends of mine come from those parts these days. And my team's Miami. I'm not rooting for anybody else, period. Um... And you put that in your mind, Frank, and you understand that it doesn't get better than bringing them back home. And it doesn't get better than having them come and go, man, I remember when I was here, we did this. Like, we haven't had a Pedro Montero, who's a class of 19, come through to say hello. I want to strangle him. He probably comments on everything we post. But like, come through for 15 minutes. We'd love to see your face. So that's been a struggle for us because we just built the foundation. Remember, 19 was a class... When we graduated, probably about 12. Well, we had a Zambrano. She's come by. She's probably, Ashley's been the best. Ashley and Stephanie have been the best at coming back from class of 19. They've come back with frequency. Mm -hmm. uh, Steph probably leads the pack. Ashley kind of works with us, as far as us as the school side of things. As I think she works across the street at the, uh, at the lower grades. She does some work in the school, in the, in the office. And obviously she goes to school herself. So it's always good, you know, it, that they come back and do that. But I think this year's lot, <clears throat> we have a good a group of kids that might want to do the same. And we're starting that culture with Amanda and Brianna. I'm excited about having them on board. I, I really am. I'm excited about working with Idania too. That's going to be a lot of fun because Idania's feisty like I am. Amanda's less feisty than I am. Amanda has feisty, but it's quiet feisty. She's like gangster feisty. I'm feisty where I'm a bull in a china shop. That's Idania. Think about it. In many ways, that is more like me than my own kids. Yeah, that's fair enough. Think about it. She has that kind of passion mm -hmm. that can become vocal, strong-willed. She has that death stare. Gets along with everybody, though. Right? Even though she's got that personality, gets along with everybody. Yeah. Tell you what you got to tell you, like straight up. We're a lot alike, her and I. That's funny. I think that's the whole kinship there. That's the uh, the whole kinship. F football, huh? Football. We worry about football. Will football come back? Why aren't we worried about baseball? Because baseball... Because we can survive without baseball. We can't survive without football. Absolutely. You haven't thought about that end of it, have you? Uh, no, I think everybody's just over the baseball and the way that the players have, have uh, handled the negotiation process. If we don't have a baseball season... We'll be fine. Wouldn't we be fine? Yes. The only thing, we're, the only reason why we're itching for baseball right now is because pretty much no other sports would be around. Like basketball, technically, would be wrapping up this week. Yeah. Yesterday was twenty-three years ago that Jordan hit the shot over, over Russell. So you know, you, you and I had a conversation. And I don't know if you realized this or not, but he was in the news yesterday. We were talking about Alex Cora. 
earlier this morning, you and mm-hmm. I conversation, coffee talk that we you and I have before the show. He was in the news yesterday. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. He's taking responsibility for his role in the sign-stealing saga, but he isn't ready to shoulder all the blame, apparently, according to Marley Rivera from ESPN. Well, I didn't even realize that was from yesterday because I did hear that he, that he was bothered that him and, and Beltran are being used as the scapegoats. Mm, he took umbrage with suggestions that he and Beltran, the Astros' designated hitter in his final season in the majors in 17, were the driving forces behind it. He was quoted as saying, quote, there has been a narrative out there of what happened ever since mid-November until the commissioner announced the results of the Red Sox investigation. I have read many things that are true and many others that are not, he said. Out of this whole process, if there is one thing that I completely reject and disagree with is people within the Astros organization slinging me out, particularly Jeff Luno, as if I were the sole mastermind. The commissioner's report sort of explained in its own way what happened, but the but the Astros players have spoken up and refuted any allegations that I was solely responsible. If there's one thing I am absolutely sure of, it is that it was not a two-man show. We all did it. And let me be very clear that I am not denying my responsibility because we were all responsible. End quote. Do you remember what I said? Do you understand that my whole issue with the bleeping Astros was that you needed to get all of them or it hurt because they were all complicit. Don't give me this bullshit. Sorry. Awkward. That they, uh, oh, I had no part of that. I don't know any part of it. Come on, man. It's too intricate for you not to know. And if you knew and you didn't want to, but you're in a tight moment in a game, and they still bang the drum for you? You're going to tell me you don't know? You didn't use it to your advantage anyway? Bro. Because you know it's accurate. Something inside of you is telling you not to do it, but they bang the drum anyway. What are you going to do? Bro. You're going to have the at-bat and ignore that they're telling you there's a curveball coming? And you're going to sit fastball because you don't want to play that game? Bro. Come on, man. Lie to somebody else. Don't lie to me. You are all part of it. And good for Alex Cora. Just as I unfollowed him, by the way. Bro. I had not gotten the follow back, and I gave Bro. him two years. Bro. I'm done. Bro. Bro. Guess Flacco didn't get him the memo. Bro. That dude's kept a low profile after all this came no out. chance. Thank you, Flacco. Quote, out of respect for the in- investigation, I decided to stay out of the spotlight. Talking about it wasn't going to change anything. I deserve my suspension. I'm paying the price for my actions. And I am not proud of what happened. We made a mistake as a group, the entire team. What happened was something that if you asked anyone involved, no one is proud of it. We're at all at fault, everybody. We're all responsible. Everyone who was part of the team from around mid-May until end of season, we are all responsible. Brother, that includes Garrett Cole. That includes Justin Verlander. That includes them all. And I told you they're all complicit. Bro. Who was it that came at me with the... Oh, are you going to say the same thing about Garrett Cole? You're damn right I am. Bro. You're damn right I am. That's why we're here today. And that guy's taking the brunt of all the abuse about this, and I knew it. I love my I told you so moments. I didn't even know this floated through. And we were just talking about this dude. I knew it, bro. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I was so right about this. Here's this one of the things he said. He was, I understand, quote, I understand why people think that our championship is not valid and it's our fault that they think that. I am being honest and I apologize for what happened and for the mistakes we made as a group. I understand why people are disappointed. I am disappointed in myself. At the time, one doesn't think about the consequences. It was something that kept growing and growing, and in the end, it was wrong. We made a mistake, and I must pay for the consequences of my actions. That's indirectly saying, end quote, by the way, that's indirectly saying, and everyone else should pay for theirs. So it's okay for him to get whacked, his salary whacked, his livelihood whacked, and the other guys, you're not going to clip him for 400K? Really? 
You're not going to clip the other guys for 400K, but this guy gets to lose a year's salary and probably never get back in the game the way he was. Really? But people are going to fight when my proposal, take their money away. They must give it back. It's got to be given. Oh, they don't make that. And they do. And the less they make, the bigger, the, the smaller the installments are, but you make them pay it back through their salary in Major League Baseball. It's very easy. You earn this amount, we're going to take it out of your check. And that's it. End of discussion. It's not even to be discussed. That's where you whack them. And the Astros are responsible for doing all of that, reporting it, and submitting it to Major League Baseball, not the individual. Yeah, buddy. And if those people are now no longer on the Astros that have to do that, it's between Major League Baseball and the player. Yeah, guy like Garrett Cole would have to give it back his way based on his current contract. He makes a lot of money. He could do it in one or two installments. Yeah, buddy. A guy who makes the minimum or is no longer in baseball, you might have to find another way to do it. <clears throat> I'll go one step further. If you're not in baseball anymore, you can get away with it. That doesn't sound fair, but why am I going to go after you if you're not in baseball? Agreed. I mean, there's nothing to do. If you retired and you're done... There's only a handful of people from there that no longer play baseball. I mean, that would exempt someone like Beltran, for example. Beltran's role was different. Well, Beltran tried to get into managing, though. Right. You can't, you, you can't hit him. You, they got him right. They whacked him. Because he was going got hired and fired. He was going to make a couple mil right. doing that. So he got whacked for that. You're looking, you know, you're looking for not retribution. You're looking for uh, restitution, so to speak. It's reverse restitution, but... They shouldn't prosper from this. And, and that you can't take the ring away. You can take the money away. And that's where, that's where they themselves would then have to question the own, their own validity and the validity of their own title. So Coro can say whatever he wants about what he thinks about the title, right? Yeah, buddy. But if you played on that team and they whacked you the 400K, you know you have the ring. You know you did it. But you're always going to remember that everybody's on your ass about it because of how you did it. And it hit, they hit you where it hurts. Some guy who makes $25 million a year is not going to care about 400 k It is what it is. There are a lot of guys on that team that the 400 k is not going to kill them. That has to be one of those things you do. In fact, they're stupid. They should do it themselves. If they're really that remorseful, they should do it themselves. And if baseball doesn't want the money, they should encourage them to give that money to a favorite charity. Although they probably should give it to baseball and baseball makes a donation in their name. That's what it should be. Because then somebody who already donated some money to some charity, they say, oh, we'll use that and write it off from there. No, no, no. You give it to baseball. Baseball documents that you paid it, almost like a fine, and then distributes it to their favorite charity. That's how it should go down. That way the decision is post-penalty. Deal with it. Find a charity. Do it. Give us the money. We'll take care of it from here. That's the right thing. I must pay for my consequences. I love it. Yeah, buddy. The league determined Boston's replay room was used to circumvent the rules, but without the manager's knowledge. Bro, bro. That means Cora actually didn't know of any of this that was going on in Boston. I find that hard to believe, especially since he was the one, one of the ones behind the, what happened a couple years before in Houston. Here's exactly what happened. Someone's taking the fall for him because he had to have an initial conversation about this. He had to. With somebody. It they, had to trickle down. I don't believe in coincidences. It's too much of a coincidence. That all of a sudden the Astros did it two years before or the year before, and then all of a sudden he goes to Boston, and Boston's now responsible for the same a thing. A gangster goes and finds a room where there's no recording devices and says, I'm going to say this once, and then I'm walking away from this. I don't ever want to know or talk about this again. This is how this is done. Goodbye. You walk away. And then Mr. J.T. Watkins, who was the replay system operator for the Red Sox, who got suspended. You know, they do and execute whatever they want. And, the, and this guy doesn't know it, doesn't deal with it, but it's hard to believe. But that does speak for itself, according to, to Cora. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just... That's something that I know we've been in quarantine. We've stopped talking about it, but it bothers me as baseball comes back. Uh, I think people have sort of forgotten what they did. I hope that it continues, picks up where it left off. Um, should be fun to talk to our guy from the uh, shame tour. Asterisk tour or whatever that is.
Our guy, he's funny. <clears throat> he's funny indeed. When we come back from break, talk a little bit about how the NBA is going to do business in Orlando. Um, you know, by some point in time, Frank, in early August, most of the basketball teams will be done. So the August to December will resemble the June to October. It's the only unfortunate thing is if you make it further than that. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're looking at mid-August, four teams will have to go past mid-August. It's still, the plan's comprehensive enough that it really does affect an NBA, potential NBA champion. Um, but you just have to be smart about it. They got to cut it somewhere. Most teams will have the same rest. Some teams will have more rest. Teams that sucked aren't even going to play. So they're going to spend nine months not touching a basketball. Maybe not nine months. Not, much, not playing a game. I'm sorry. But they don't go to training camp now. They'll do the other training camp. So what do you, you know? They, they're going to be out of it for a while. So it's, it just all depends on perspective. We'll talk about that on the other side. Some sports to talk about. Not a, gr not a great deal of sports to talk about. Um, a lot of Major League Baseball draft stuff that I refuse to talk about because I, you just don't know. You just don't know. So we'll do that and so much more on the other side. I think I'm going to be inclined to talk some baseball today, Frank. Something different. I don't know. I'm just feeling that way today. It is a Friday, festive Friday, right here on Good Morning Amigo. We'll be back on the other side. Sirius XM 145, the one and only Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM channel 145. I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigos. Can you imagine it's like a congregation of big dogs? You have a Great Dane. You have a couple of pit bulls off to the side. You have some very, very big German shepherds. You know, just the bigger type of dogs. And they're hanging out talking, slobbering over each other, doing what, what big dogs do. And a little chihuahua comes running through, barking at all of them. And the big dogs just look at each other, look down at the chihuahua, and they look at each other again like, is this dog for real? The chihuahua is UCF. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to noon, only on Slam Radio Sirius XM 145. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. 
See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is Melvin Gordon and you're listening to Slam Radio. Good morning to you. Get the hell up. You are listening to Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145. Back here on Good Morning Amigo, Sirius XM 145, the one and only Slam Radio. I love the convenience of Zoom, but I can't wait till face-to-face interviews happen again. Remember that time I said that I missed traffic? (laughs) I I regret saying that. Traffic was awful driving in this morning. But face-to-face interviews is something I'm looking forward to seeing again. Being able to conduct business without a freaking mask. Ugh. The new norm, man. You see this, uh, the store in Aventura Mall opened up and just selling masks? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. But that's just the new norm, man. Everywhere you go is about the mask, about the mask, about the mask. I still haven't gotten used to it. I walked into a hotel yesterday and I totally forgot about the mask. Nobody said anything to me. I got up to the 19th floor. Knocked on my buddy's door. He walked in. He's like, what happened to your mask? And I played it off. I'm like, oh, it's in my pocket. And I told him later on, I was like, yeah, I didn't even wear the mask. Have you seen the transformation of Nikola Jokic? No. Well, why don't you look at a picture? You might be astonished when you see this picture. It's reminiscent of our friend Jorge Nava, who we haven't had on the show. I haven't bothered him. Let's see if we get him on. This might be a good time to have a guy like that on. Jokic looks uh, very different. Hmm. Wow, he does. He's lost a lot of a weight. A lot of weight. Possible he's been working out during the pandemic? They said he was. He, there had been rumors that he had done some transforming. Talking about transforming your game, seven foot five Taco Fall has picked up a step back three. That will be interesting if that gets unveiled. That's a totally different person, man. But is that going to affect his game? Because I a lot wonder. of he plays a based, physical game. A lot of his game is based on physical. Yeah, I was wondering the exact same thing. Now he's like a Porzingis. That's what he looks like. Looks like Porzingis. Well, let's see what uh, what happens. All right, doesn't even look like the same person, man. No, he really doesn't. Lord, no. Um, what are you looking more forward to? Basketball coming back or the NFL? Um. Basketball only because I'm intrigued of how they're going to handle all of this and how they're going to have everything set up. So for that, basketball. But I am more uh, – I'm waiting more for football. Absolutely. I'm concerned that football is going to get affected somehow. Like something's not – something's going to go wrong. Why? Because of now all this talk with the whole second wave or whatever? Second wave, second schmave. I mean, that's in my – that's the only thing that I can you possibly know, see that's going to affect it. The I, second wave. I totally get everything that is being said – um, 
I get the concerns, all that I understand, but there's a lot of inequities in what we're doing to prevent. So, you know, I'm not going to get into the conversation of that, but obviously there's some stuff that's totally acceptable and then other stuff, like having someone who worked 12 years of their life in high school to get a diploma, not be able to get the actual diploma by walking across the stage. They have to do it over a virtual uh, celebration. That's regrettable considering we live in a world where we can still go to Walmart and we can still do a lot of things. We can protest. Uh, well, that's the thing that bothers me. Like, you see the streets flooded with people, so we're allowed to protest, and we're not going to do anything about the protesting, but these kids can't have the a protesting. I don't mind the protesting. I just think if we can do that, then, then we can graduate. graduate. Right. Like, that's just the only thing I'm thinking. I was like, man, that there's a lot of that doesn't make sense that's involved in that. Which is fine. I don't have them a problem with them. And, and I, I'm, ta I'm telling you, the wearing of the mask, as much as we hate it, is actually very helpful in not having this thing spread. Incredibly helpful. But there's going to be, there, things are going to happen. People are, I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say. It's a very delicate topic. But I'm afraid that football, face mask, all that part of the game, all that sweat. I'm worried about how they're just going to start playing football in September again. It's just not that easy. I just think they haven't addressed it for real. Well, I mean, it's easy if you're able to control it. If you know that everybody's tested and everybody that you're playing on the field and everybody that's going to be interacting on the field doesn't have anything for say, then I think you're okay. Like, it's the same thing that I told my buddy yesterday. As soon as I walked in, his wife was very scared, very, very apprehensive about me coming and being sitting close. And I go, look, Listen, man, at the end of the day, like, we're not strangers. I know who you are. You know who I am. I know who you've been around. And, like, for the most part, you don't have it. You don't have it. I don't have it. I have no problem hanging out with you. Now, you're, it's different now when you're going to meet a whole bunch of strangers. You're going to be a whole bunch of people that you don't know who they're with and you don't know what they do in their everyday life. But, like, if we're boys and I know that you don't have it you know that I don't have it, what's the problem with hanging out with each other? Yeah, I don't. What's the problem with and there's other and there's other things. having a conversation? I don't see you. I haven't yeah. seen you in five years. What's the problem in having a conversation? There's some people who are more they're more uber sensitive to that than others. I so that's how I see football getting around and not to derail ourselves. But if you have everybody there tested, everybody there with the temperature checks or whatever before they walk into the stadium, and you have everybody that's interacting tested and make sure they're controlled and everything is ready to go, then I don't see a problem. Now you start inviting fans and you start inviting more outsiders and invited guests and things like that. Now it causes a little more of an issue because now you're talking about people that aren't necessarily within your control. You're not testing all those people walking into the stadium. You're only giving them a temperature check. And you're hoping that that's enough, knowing that they don't have uh, this this virus. I got you. I, here, here is where more of my concern continues to lie in. Is not that people are going to get sick from playing football. Like it just is the way we react to what we can and can't do, right? So, one of the things that we think is going to happen is that the football stadiums are not going to be very full at all. Don't expect that. Like, NASCAR is having a race in Miami in a couple weeks, or maybe it might be even this weekend. Um, and they're selling seats. But I, I, I believe it's invited guests for this one. And it's a within – oh, Talladega is the one that's doing it first. It's about a mile stretch from one turn to the next, and they're going to fill it in. I think they said there were going to be 20,000 fans or 10,000 fans or something like that. But they're able to spread them out social distance-wise enough for everybody to be able to enjoy that race. Very interesting. And yesterday, uh, there was a round of golf, and no fans were invited, but it was along a golf course that, that, that you had properties that kind of shared the fence and the property line of the golf course. And a lot of these houses invited people over, and they were having little watch parties. So there's certain parts of the golf course that you heard certain clapping and things like that. And there's new PGA rules that were put in place about the caddies. Now the caddies can't hand uh, the golfers the clubs anymore. The golfer actually has to take it out of the bag. Um, and the caddy has to wipe down the flag after each um, putt attempt. Dear Lord. Or after each cup. <sighs> That's tough. So we're starting to see some of these start in, uh, integrating fans into it. I don't see football necessarily putting it in. Basketball, for sure, I knew it made no sense to put fans, especially with how intimate and how close fans are intimate. to the game of basketball. That one's understandable. It's Hockey, you might be able to get some fans in there. You social distance uh, them. You have glass in between the players and the fans. So I think you may have an opportunity with hockey. Then again, it is indoors, 
and it's cold. It's not hot. So we we the reports were that coronavirus does not doesn't do well in the heat. Does better in the cold. So that doesn't necessarily play well. But football, it's most of it is outdoor stadiums. Um, I still don't see how you can invite fans without having a control problem. Yeah, I don't know how you could do anything as far as hockey is concerned. If you can't do it in basketball, you're not going to be able to do it in hockey. Period. What did you think? Like, I just think that I talked to myself out of convincing conference. myself that. So you once I said yourself it, out of convincing. Well, like once I said it, I when I started talking, I convinced myself that it was a bad idea. Gotcha. All right. Um, I guess you heard that there is a. Uh, there's a new 30 for 30 that's going to come out. Yeah, I was actually going to bring it up to you in a few minutes. Talking about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and their and their home run race as they chased Roger Maris's sacred record that they both broke. Um wasn't aware that they were doing a 30 for 30 on this. Were you? Oh, yeah, yeah I was. They 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 teased it somewhere during the Jordan 30 for 30s. During the last dance, and I was extremely excited for it. They just showed a clip right now, and it was one of the games towards the end of the 70 uh, for McGuire, and it was at Martins Park, and he ended up hitting two. No, sorry, Martins Park. Joe Robbie Stadium. Joe Robbie Stadium. He hit two bombs. Two bombs towards dead center field. I was supposed was to be that there. Game. Yeah. There was a lot of rain before that game. I was supposed to be there, and something happened that prevented me from being there, and I held those tickets for a while. I don't know where I put them. I had the tickets to that game in my hand. Where he hit the 500 foot bomb. That was a last. I wasn't there. That was a last second go for us. My dad at the last second called. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go pick you up. We're gonna go so watch." So you this were game. there. This is gonna be a big game. And what made it most memorable for me, like we're watching it. He hits the first bomb. Obviously, nobody's expecting that. And it was it was a mammoth shot. And remember at Joe Robbie Stadium in center field, that's where they held the the batting cage, and there was a tarp over the batting cage, so you weren't able to go up on that tarp. Um, People jumped on that tarp in order to get the baseball, right? So there were seats there, but they had it tarped off. Um, so when he came up to this, I think it was his third at bat, when he came back up to the plate, people were already standing on that tarp waiting for the ball to go over there. And I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, look at these clowns over there. Like, they're thinking that he's going to hit it to the same exact spot. Boom. Same exact spot. What a bombing hit. That second one was ridiculous. You don't think? Yeah, it was more impressive than the first one. Yeah, that was a bomb. I've I've gone to a lot of games. There's not a lot of games that I remember going to. That's one of those games that I remember. I remember I was not supposed to go to that game that day. I remember I had a whole bunch of homework. Mom was like, you have to do this, 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 and this. My dad called me and goes, oh, yeah, you're never going to see this again. Let's go. There's a game that um, that the big unit threw here in I believe he went extra innings, but I think he struck out. I want to say he struck out 18 or 19 players. We stayed for the whole game. That's, to me, like the one game that I can remember that something really odd, that and this guy balking in the winning run, which is an oddity in baseball as well. Um, Those are the two oddest things I've seen in a game was that because 19 Ks, nobody gets 19. I want to say it was 19. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, people, I'll look do, it up. people do get 19 K. It's either 18 or 19. It was either 18 or 19. Because no, Kerry Wood hit 20. Hit 20. It wasn't a record, but I mean, 18, 19 has been had probably a dozen times in baseball history because it was for a long time, 19 was a record. If it's 18, it's not as big a deal. It might have been 19 that day. I'll look it up. Um, those are those, you know, I remember things like that. Um, I also remember where I was when McGuire hit a 60-second homer. Clearly, I remember where it was. Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood and Roger Clemens are tied for 20. 20, yes. Which is the record. Right. That I know for a fact. Um, dude, did you hear this story about your Cubs' first-round draft pick? Yes, I did. What an amazing story. So as a Little Leaguer, Ed Howard went to the Little League World Series, mm-hmm. took his team to the finals representing the city of Chicago. They didn't win, but I think they lost in the finals. I remember that kid. Yeah, they lost in the finals. I remember that kid. That kid was full of passion out on that field. So as a little leaguer, so as a little leaguer, they get paid homage to at Wrigley Field, and they go out there, and he's wearing his Cubs jersey. And it wasn't that long ago because you see Sterling Castro in a in a Cubs uniform, which we know that wasn't that long ago. Um, and seven years later, the guy gets drafted by the Cubs. And in between that, he had a high school all-star game at Wrigley Field where he killed it. 
and the Cubs made it their mission to uh, to find him and get him and say, all right, you're going to be a part of us. Um, in fact, it was so funny because during the actual selection process, um, selecting him in the first round, Theo Epstein's kid, they do a virtual draft, apparently stole the show um, during that selection. And uh, these kids are around the house or something like that. Yeah, just kind of being a kid running around as he's announcing it. Just, you know, been a long time since I've seen a grand piano in a living room somewhere. But anyway, so they hired the, they hired, they uh, drafted the local kid, Ed Howard, with the 16th pick of the first round. Uh, You got to love the Cubs, man. You really got to love the Cubs, everything they represent. I thought that was a really cool story. But this is the reason why we need sports, because I'm done talking. There's nothing, Frank. Nothing. Nothing. The Bachelor announced their new Bachelor. (laughs) Yes, they did. They went Mandingo, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, Heidi. (laughs) Awkward. They, um, they, uh, They have, for the first time ever, selected... A black bachelor, which is about damn time, by the way. I'm very secure in my sexuality, but there have been, in bachelorettes, there have been some pretty handsome black dudes. And I've never been able to understand, in all the years of doing that way, it never occurred to them to do this. Well, funny how it occurred to them now to do this. Whatever about timing you can say, it's fine. I'm okay with it. I got a giggle out of the timing. But the fact remains, I haven't even seen the guy. I just read the article. Um, I think this is a good progressive move. I like that they acknowledge that there's been, um, they've been they've been missing the boat on something. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I think this is important. That's going to be a fun one to watch. It's going to be interesting. It really will be. But I will ask the very awkward question: Will there be more black ladies now vying for his love? And if not, will then that become a racial issue? He's got 25 girls. If 17 of them are white, what are we, you know, what am I going to hear? What are we going to hear? How many girls is it? That's 25 right. to 30. Depends if they write their special rules from time to time. Well, then you would think that they do 50-50. Right? 25. I, I would think 50-50 is an incredibly smart, in fact, 51-49. Because if you guys are going to dabble into this field now, because I feel like this is a little bit of pandering. I don't know if you want to get into the conversation or not. I do. I feel like this is a little bit of pandering, especially with what's going on. I feel like this is something that they may never have thought about doing. It's convenient. And then all of a sudden, it's convenient to do it right they now. They have thought about it. The power up. It has been a conversation, a, a back door, underground, why doesn't this crap happen conversation amongst people who watch the show, etc. It, it, it hasn't gone unnoticed. There was some, like, bachelor discrimination website or something with a countdown or some sort, and obviously the website's going to go down because because everything has changed. But um, but This is a good move. If right? they're going to do this move, which they did, they need to do it, and the smartest way possible is to do 50-50. Because if they do it one way or the other, then they're going to have kind of a controversy on their hands, and there's going to always be a discussion and a conversation about it. So allow me to be very bold in saying if there's 25 women, 13 have to be... You know, multicultural, 12. I, I don't even know what the number is. I, I don't even, you, you got to have a diverse group. How about that? That's what I'm going to do. So you got to have a diverse group. So yeah, you got to have black girls, brown. but you got to have a multi ethnic right. group. Right. Got to be some Hispanic right. girls. There have to be some Asian girls. There has to be Anglo Saxon girls. There has to be, uh, did I say Hispanic girls? You did Hispanic girls. Couple Russian girls, like whatever you got to do to make it a very diverse group of twenty. Right, because if you do five, if you have twenty-five girls and you all of a sudden you pick five of each culture, your or whatever, safest route is to be multicultural. You're in, you know, multicultural is your safest bet. And I don't know uh, the discussion between the producers and the and and the and, and the bachelor. They can make the decision of who they want, but at least you make it and you spread it out. Well, we know one thing: they do it all for ratings. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind they do it all. That's where my comment came from, between the producers and the. Bachelor, they can choose. Uh, they can figure. because it's not all his decision. It's hundred percent not all his. Decision. But if they go multicultural, that's the safest route, Frank. Right? Look what they do with Ninety Day Fiance. That is really multicultural. But I think they do it on purpose because part of the idea is I'm going to get you a green card or whatever. 
there's some controversy with the baby girl Lisa. Have you heard about this? I know you watch it. Have you watched this season at all, or am I talking to myself when I bring it? I've watched some of it. But anyways, they do that. what they do with the different things on 90 Day Fiancé because obviously every country has different ways of living. Uh, like last season, we had um, Aladdin, and um, he lived in Tanzania or whatever, and, and women and men aren't supposed to necessarily be together, be touching each other in public. So that gave you different little d- different as- uh, aspect of it. And then you had the other guy, um, so he then he lived in India um, with with American woman that he brought over. I can't remember Jenny. Her name is Jenny, um, and uh, you saw their living and how it was over there in that culture. So it gives you a little bit of sense that everywhere in this world is a little bit different, even though you may think in that part of the in that part of the world it's all the same. So apparently, they canceled the presser for. For this Lisa girl, this baby girl Lisa, who's been very controversial. She's got, man, does she have, she's got something to say about everything, doesn't she? What did she say? What's funny is the story that was coming out of one site has been blocked off now. It's very interesting. They may have been forced to cease and desist. They may have been told, hey, get that crap off. Um, yeah, that site is down, the one that was reporting all this. That's very interesting. I may not have a story for you after all, but I'll tell you right now. Yeah, apparently, according to sources, um, during the tell-all that went down, she had one of her fits, one of her rage fits, and used the N-word. Um... I know that there's been conflicting stories, um, but apparently TLC cut it out of the the thing, and then apparently then they canceled her from Oppressor. Um, the details that were coming out of one source um, has us thinking that maybe she's been let go because of this. But I'm not. I, it's hard to get the full story, and then. There was this one site that was really reporting this, and it's been since pushed off. Uh, now, the Hollywood Gossip picked it up, and when you go click on the Hollywood Gossip, you can't find it on the surf, on the server. So any story that re- resembles anything reporting this scandal about her, did she use this N-word or not, apparently TLC, I've got to assume the TLC attorneys got involved. Because that's two different sites. That's a different report, and both are being blocked, saying you have no access to it. So there's mm-hmm. no server access to these stories. There's actually three stories I've tried to get, and they and it's all the same thing. Uh, In Touch Weekly. Here's one, where they actually address it. Bottom line is, if she used that word in any capacity, isn't it time to say goodbye to that lady? Yes. Isn't it time to end her 15 minutes of fame? Yes. Like, so she's not attractive. She's not friendly. There's nothing compelling about her. Let's knock it off already. At the end of the day, we're taking these regular people in life, and in some cases, these dysfunctional people, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be very kind, but this Lisa Ham lady, she's, she's an idiot. MTV pulled the plug on two uh, celebrity or uh, uh, reality celebrity stars this week also. Um, Dee Nugent, which she's on The Challenge. I don't know if you watch The Challenge or if you're aware of that show or not. Um, but she made a comment on Twitter earlier. They ended up firing her from MTV. They're still going to be airing that show because out of the respect to the other challengers and things like that. Uh, which was funny because she was almost eliminated this past week. Um, another MTV star that they pulled the plug on was Taylor Selfridge. Now, Taylor Selfridge's boyfriend, Corey, is on the challenge as well, and they were about to have a baby. They were going to come out on Teen Mom OG or something like that. Their show was about to air. I had it recorded because I, I kind of dabble in all these reality shows with my wife. That's the, so something that we watch together. And we had it recorded, and we went to go turn it on, and all of a sudden, in the middle of it turning it on, it went to another show, which was Catfish. And everybody was totally confused. Well, it came out that Taylor made some comments on social media again. They pulled the plug on her show. She was also fired from MTV Band. They don't want her around anymore. Yeah, they're not playing much. Damn. Yeah, these celebrities... 
These reality stars, I yeah. can't think of, it just slipped my mind. The, but these reality stars, they, they have their 15 minutes of fame. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I have this voice because their Twitters and their Instagram accounts blow up with all of these followers. And they think that they're important what they have to say. And they're, they're, they're pretty much, that, that, that they can't, that nothing can happen to them. They open their mouth, they say something that's inappropriate. All of a sudden, now their fame, where, where, they're, where their link to fame is, all of a sudden, that source gets cut out. So interesting to see that these uh, these storylines play out through reality TV. I, I find it so interesting. Um, but apparently there's stories that are saying that she's been fired. I got to a couple now, even though there's some that have been pulled off the Internet. These here, not so much, but apparently she's been fired. That's what uh, There hasn't been a, a major news source to report it, but then again, it's reality tv so sometimes you don't get that right away on a major majors usually behind the eight ball on that it's usually these the smaller ones that get the right story um but this lady apparently is not the first time she uses the n-word with him um you know what, what i gave this idiot money for over a year and a half because lazy bleep don't have a job and is AWOL from military. Whew. Like that's one of, I don't know where she put that, but that's apparently some sort of uh, uh, I guess she was writing to someone about things having to do with him. Um, context of a text that she uh, she had sent to someone, I guess, or some friends or whatever. Uh, the point is, is that she she's terrible. Like, I don't know if you watch the show often or not, and it's a show that's... Um, that I got to be honest with you. It's... Her storyline wears thin. Mm. Now that I heard that she got fired, like, I am more apt to go back watching it. But the Russian girl, Varya, Varya has a radio show now now i know anybody now i mean i knew when they gave me a radio show anybody could have a radio show but varia has a radio show i don't know what compelling thing she could say on the radio that i'd want to listen to it's difficult to listen to her on the show but uh boy they take their 15 minutes of fame and run with it um it's funny they are ripping this lisa lady uh She's, uh, she said she'd donate money to the NAACP. Uh, she's looking to donate fan money, not her own, because she's getting it from the 90 Day Fiance cameo proceeds. Uh, Lisa's been posting pics of herself with minorities. Uh, this is just, I can't wait till Sunday, see what Sunday brings up. But I never really finished watching last week's episode because it was the virtual tell-all. And it just seemed to be a shouting match. And she shouts. I, I'm telling you, she was wearing thin on me. Already. Usually that's what those things are. It was She was wearing very, very thin on me. So I've added another one that's getting a lot of crap is Ed. So Ed's getting really, really railed by people. As we find out that his, the girl that he was going after, she has a relationship with another woman. So... I watch both of them. I don't know which one's worse, but how Ed gets railed on over this girl is beyond me. You know, you can make fun of the low-hanging fruit that he hasn't had a girlfriend in 30 years and he's weird-looking. Okay, all that's fine, but he did have honest intentions and if someone's trying to, you know, someone's trying to get you out of something or make you look bad, like, you, you're you not going to let them just do it. Mm. got to be careful with that. I don't, you know, I don't buy into that. So some of the stuff is very fun to watch. It's very interesting. It's very funny. Um, I think they were also upset at Lisa for other reasons. Uh, apparently, the uh, the everything with the N word got them going nuts, and apparently, it is true that she's been fired. But the other thing is that she also we're not just hang, angry about her cursing. They she broke her contract and blabbed about her split from this guy um, when their marriage scenes were airing on TLC. Uh, 
there was a $10,000 payday that she had lined up. She had already filmed five episodes for that. Uh, now that she gets cut loose, she doesn't get that money. She's going to try to sue them for that money and trying to clean up her image by, like I said, posting these pictures with, you know, with minorities and making trying to make herself look good. The truth of the matter is she is, uh, well, she is what she is. We know. Was there ever any doubt about that? I don't think so. She's a weird person. So she was making it tough to watch. I'll watch it again. Um, the other thing that's been funny is the the girl who finally outed herself as bisexual to her mom. Not the girl in Australia, but the girl from Yonkers. Uh, very pretty girl. Mm. Very pretty girl. Um, she's been judged in a certain way. She has a tendency of wearing things that accentuate um, her boobs, mammary glands, whatever you want to call them. She's got... We live in a society that if you have those, you flaunt them. People get augmentation so that they can flaunt them. I think we're beyond the days of being afraid of talking about that. And whatever her sexuality is, it is. Uh, she's wear yoga pants. She is, she's a pretty blonde girl. Like I'm just going to throw it out there. She's got very pretty eyes. She's a very attractive lady. And, and, and some of the stuff she wears has the cleavage thing going. And, and listen, for whatever it is worth, I'll be honest with saying, it's easy to find her attractive, the entire package. You're going to go, wow. But apparently some boys don't know how to keep it copacetic. And they DM her the most inane and inappropriate things, and it bothers her. She's a little foofy. She also is not shy about taking a picture. And if the picture shows a little bit of a that she doesn't feel like I should judge her. I, I'm not going to judge, but I can't tell you what other people are going to do. That's my position on it. I won't judge, but if other people judge, that's on them. Like, I, I'm not a part of that. Is it a safe position to take? Yeah, it's a very safe position to take. It is because I try not to judge. It is what it is. Like, because you do that, I'm not going to think that you're a whore and you're ready to, you know, and ready to be one. Like, if other people think that, I'll let them think that. And that's between what they think and how you feel about it. Me, I'm not that dude. I know you're not like that. And it's funny because it's a, it's a guy instinct according to some people. I don't think it is. The guy instinct is, let's be honest, if she's attractive and she looks attractive and she might be wearing something that, that's attractive, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to make an excuse for looking at her and going, oh, she's pretty. Like, I've learned that as I've gotten older. Like, I will flat out open my mouth and say in front of anybody, wow, she's hot. And I already have to have a discussion at home about it. That can't be taken disrespectfully. Right. Um, oh, my also, wife understands. I do it all the time. But I've been known to do it with dudes, too. Mm. Right? So, no, I'm not bisexual. Right, but if a dude's attractive, I mean, I could see where a woman would find that hard to say no to. Like, oh, it's cool. You got to be able to to do that. You know, you um, have to play both sides. Of I, I'm I'm secure enough of who I am that I can make that dis I'm not de saying. determination. Oh, you're a set people stop. No, no, I'm I not saying that. You know no, what no, I mean? That's a good looking dude. I can see why that guy's popular. Like, you know, those are the things that as a man you have to be able to accept. Um. Yeah, so I do that stuff all the time. When you see, a lot of times I'll watch something and it's a dude and, a girl and, a, and be like, wow, but dad likes the girl. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I can see why the girl likes the guy. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, like, like it's it's obvious, right? <laughs> and if and if he's ugly, you'll go, whoa, dude, I'll kick his coverage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or is it she lucky to have him? I always play that little game. I always have fun playing that little game. I do. Um, but she's an attractive Stephanie, I think her name was. I don't remember her name right now. I'm sorry. I'm not good with the names. On, but she is, um, like, she could be a model. She is a knockout. She is beautiful face. Short, stumpy. Look, it's not really stumpy. She's not even going to call her stumpy. She's just she's a short girl. She looks like, you know what? She looks like a typical Italian, Cuban girl. Like, you. But she's... And if she's voluptuous and it comes out of the shirt a little, like, like that's her problem. I don't judge her on that. But I'll be honest with you, it makes her look attractive. I can see why the boys are like, va, va, boom. And not that she doesn't like boys. She likes boys and girls. But apparently she's been getting the most inappropriate stuff. She said it in some sort of interview. And she's actually annoyed by it a little bit. If you go on her Instagram, I think she actually discusses it. It's sort of not cool. Like at some point she's going to have to make a decision whether maybe either stop taking the pictures or, or maybe, I don't know. Some stars don't have an Instagram, you know. You do have 15 minutes of fame. It's not like you made three award-winning 
movies or anything like that. Like you, you're a 90 Day Fiance. Like maybe it's something. Yeah, but these these uh, TV reality superstars, whatever you want to call them, they get their pulled, man, because each one of these followers, they have 180,000, 200,000. Oh, it's unbelievable like, their followers. And I and I see some of these people from the challenge. That, that's the one on MTV. And there's there's characters in there that I just can't stand their personality, just not because of who they are and where they're at, but just who they are, like how they portray themselves. Um, there's this one girl on there called Swaggy C and Bailey. They met each other on Big Brother, and they 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 got together immediately. They married each other within six months of knowing each other, and that's cool, great, more power to them. And I feel bad for Swaggy C because he seems like a very nice guy. However, Bailey. Wow, she comes across and you're just like, bro, just stop talking because everything that she just says is super over the top. And you're like, you are not likable. Yet now the other day I find her on Instagram, she has 225,000 followers. And you're like, why? Why? I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. On the other side, we'll do more on the flirtatious Freaky Friday that is today. Music, more topics. I wish there was more sports. We're stuck talking 90 Day Fiance. It's incredible. Good morning, amigos. Sirius XM 145, the one and only Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM channel 145. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.